Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to We Go Again podcast. It's Kristen Smith sitting here in Gainsborough for the first time in two weeks and the last time for two weeks. And sitting here in West London, it's me, Rob Overfield, busy doing a podcast and multitasking. Things while he's busy. And here in Berkshire, it's me, James Barthry, and knows Rob's lying because men can't multitask. <laughs> Let's just wait and see how this evening comes up. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure where to start. My thoughts, I don't know whether you saw yes. the, um, yeah. oh, my God. thing yesterday with Gomez. It was horrific. Yeah, it was It was pretty bad. And, so, thoughts on them. And it, it was, uh, I mean, we uh, I can, how far it was, two minutes in, and already the three little letters. They they said that they gave the red card to Chung Min Sun because of the injury. They, that's what the Premier League actually said. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. they turned it from a yellow to a red card because the bloke got injured. It wasn't even Sun that injured him. He, he, he went, his foot caught in the grass, and then uh, Serge Aurier came in on top of him. Mm. Sun, Sun's challenge was a yellow card, uh, but you, you just know that they won't, they can't really appeal it because it'll get, it'll get added on, won't it, for a frivolous appeal because the Premier League have already said it was endangering a player's safety, but. I mean, it's a horrific injury, and he, you know, hopefully, it's only six months rather than a year for for Andre Gomez because he's such a good player. And I do, I do worry for him because um, when he was at when he was at Barcelona, he came out and said he struggled mentally with with the pressure of playing for the club. So you just you just hope that he's going to be able to to cope with the um, the mental side of of this sort of injury and this sort of layoff. So you know, hopefully, hopefully, he's got a strong support network around him. I'll go the other way. I, I said to uh, Laurie when I was watching the game, that's cynical and a straight red as soon as it happened. Before, yeah, I... he, before he even knew he was injured, because what had happened, he'd reckoned that Gomez had given him a forearm smash and he didn't get anything for it. Uh, yeah, he was... saw Gomez with the ball and he was going after him. Not to injure him, I will agree with that, but it was a cynical challenge which put him off balance, and then the collision, the floor, everything happened with Aurea. So, yes, he didn't cause the injury, but, and he didn't set out to cause the injury, but it was a reckless challenge yeah, by Son, I, in my opinion. I know I know what you're saying, because, you know, I mean, he is nowhere near the ball. The ball's already gone, and he does lunge at him from behind. It is, it's the old classic, isn't it, taking one for the team, and it's, it's something that I do actually, it's, it's, it is one of my biggest bugbears is the professional foul. You, you know, you see defenders do it on the halfway line to stop a, a player running clean through. Um, uh, you know, and it, it is, yeah, I agree. It is It is one of the dark... It's as bad as diving for me. It is, it's, it's cheating. Um, so when you well, put we, it that... We saw, we saw a bit of that with Richarlison in the same yeah. game. It was an absolutely terrible game. Yeah, well, it was. It was awful. I had misfortune to watch it all. Yeah, I saw most of mm. it. Um yeah, I mean, you've, you've kind of you've kind of won me around. Maybe I'm a bit biased because Hyung Min Sun's one of my favourite players. Um, he's a great, he's a great player. I, I really love like him. him. He's um, exciting. He brings tempo, but and he's two foot. He's genuinely two footed as well, yeah. and I don't mean the tackle. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, it, I heard it on um, on a podcast. I can't, an ex player or a, a pundit. It was it might have been on Five Live was saying that this will be the next thing that gets um, that VAR will start coming down on is is this tackle this one for the team and it'll end up being a straight red which to be honest should make the game better i i wouldn't be against that because you know i watched when i when i first saw it i thought oh that's a yellow card all day long and i did see it again today 
and I was like, oh, yeah, it was it was a, a nasty challenge. If he it, doesn't get injured, it would have only been a yellow because the referee. Well, it was it have... was a yellow. It what he showed him a yellow card. He didn't show him a yellow card. He, he got did. the yellow card. No, he got the yellow card out. No, he showed him and... the yellow card, and then and then but... walked, walked over, and then looked at the player that was injured, and then walked over and gave him the red. So he, it was it was, and they did say the red card was because of the injury. Yeah. Uh, I, I then the, other, the other thing is, if they're saying that endangered the player's safety, then every tackle mm. on the pitch endangers the player's safety because if mm. you you can't you, you're out of control when you slide in. So every sliding tackle should be a red card if going on that. Um, you know, it's mm. yeah. I mean, like, the, the the important thing is though that you know, obviously, Andre Gomez is is back playing before the end of the season, hopefully. Um, mm. It's gutting for him as well because we've got the Euros coming up as well. I mean, really, a lot of this is all because of just cruel, cruel chance that his studs happen to catch in the turf. Any other time, not an issue. So it's a case of because the sheerest bit of misfortune in the action, 99 times of 100 never happens, the guy's going to be out for six months. Was it worth a red card? If it wasn't for the fact I'm not, I'm not going to swear, I would say it was an overreaction. What happened was the referee was not refereeing the challenge. He was refereeing the outcome. And yeah. That's a, and, and that's different. That, and then there's a complete world of difference between the two. Well, you, yeah. You just, it, for, I mean, formally, in the, you know, three or four years ago, that would have been a yellow card all day long. And it would have been shown and the game would have continued. I feel for Gomez because of no fault of his own, because of an accident, he's going to he's going to lose the most of the season. But I do not agree that Sun should have been hung, drawn, and quartered the way he was after the game last night. And do you know who were the worst supporters for doing it? Go on. North, other, another Ar- North London. Arsenal. <laughs> yes, an ex-player, um, not for Arsenal, but an ex an ex-player was straight on the line saying it was dirty, it was disgraceful, it was cynical, it was no intention to play the ball, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, oi, you played. Did you go out to do that? You did. So therefore, you can't go and basically go and castigate a professional player for an accident. Shut up. And this is the one thing that annoys me. It's an accident. Yes, the challenge wasn't clever by Son. I'm not even going to you know, argue on that point. But for one little little bad step that catches his feet in the turf, his his leg gives way, crashes into Aurea, and that's him out for the season. But Son was not yeah, didn't deserve what he got. And I'm sorry, but if the, if this is what the Premier League are gonna do, they're gonna referee matches on outcomes rather than what by the actual by the by the action then the game's gone to hell in a handcart. I'm sorry, but that isn't the game that we watch at non-league level every week. No, and Martin and Atkinson so- didn't have a very good weekend from a no, officiating point of view. It was, it was just a ridiculous... I mean I, I mean, I wasn't watching the game because I don't have the means to do so, but I saw the challenge. I went I went, looked on the internet and I saw the challenge and I saw it. And it's clumsy. He was, he will always say his intention was to go for the ball and it was just the speed of movement that took it away from him. Not a problem with that. 
but to basically say it's a cynical challenge to basically stop the player and to, you know basically prevent the attack take going forward i think is a little bit a little bit wider the mark as far as i'm concerned it's just the speed of action that's gone past him he was trying to get the ball but but the thing is gomez was moving too fast and he was just late it's not intentional it's not cynical it's just happened and yet everybody a lot of people have gone out to basically throw basically throw sun off the top of the london eye without a parachute but i mean if I if if you want to if you i'm going to i feel really uncomfortable saying this but the you've mentioned it earlier Kristen, at the very start the reason that Chung Min Sun made that challenge was because of what happened a couple of minutes before when Andre Gomez gave him a gave him a bit, and you know would that challenge have happened if that hadn't have happened? You know, it's it's, it's they they're all linked these these sort of things, aren't they? And you know we spent too long talking about this as it is. I think because <laughs> it's a, it's a horrible way to start the show, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, we it is. We it just is. gotta just gotta say we hope that that he's. That he's got the, uh, the support network around him to, to yeah. get him through this. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Um, as, as for Sun, I mean, he was in, he was in bits. He was. Yeah, he was. He was. He genuinely he have, was. Completely. He wouldn't have been able to carry on regardless, no. um, because it, you know, you just. I mean, I don't think they'd even appeal the ban because I don't think he's going to be right to play for a couple of weeks anyway. So I don't think they'd even appeal the ban on that. I think they'll just take yeah. it and hope that Harry Kane's over his food poison or whatever he's got. In that case, then Harry Kane should have watched where we went for his dinner. You probably have lasagna again. I think. I think. <laughs> to be fair to Harry Kane, I think his whole family got it, including okay, his little. And, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't quite uh, that. Um, but I just want to go back to the referee for that game was Mike Atkinson, mm. and he was across Stanley Park doing the VAR the day before, and. Going back to what the Premier League are tweeting, some whoever runs their account really needs to think about what they're tweeting because he t- they tweeted that Roberto Firmino's armpit was offside. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they actually was. Yeah, I've seen that, and yet that's not that's not a part of the body to be judged for offside anyway. No. So if if, well, if you I'm... if you have Richard Keys and Andy Gray, both of whom hate Liverpool with a passion, turning around saying that was a bad decision, you know there's something wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean it was it was a I mean it's the worst one we've seen yet and we've seen some pretty bad ones like this. There was there was um, another one where um it should have been handball in the Tottenham game as well, where that was the Deli Alley one. Yeah the, that one. That took them over, that took them over three minutes to conclude that it wasn't a handball. Even though yeah. his hands outstretched above his head, and you know Maradona would have been proud of that. I mean, how how have how have VAR concluded that's not a handball? It's it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, we've seen we've seen a few. I mean, the 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 Watford penalty was a bit was soft in the in the Watford Chelsea match. Um, I think there could have there were other there was lots of VAR in the Everton game, wasn't there? And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they deliberated for a while over Villa's opening goal as well against Liverpool, which was which was clearly a goal. That's yeah. the thing. It was, it was clearly a goal. He was, it was. He was, uh, he was behind everyone. He was. It was. They had overloaded the back post, and there was one Liverpool man against three Villa players. It was a great free kick. Yeah, Why the, it was a lovely delivery. And uh, I actually said it to Laurie as well about the Firmino thing. If there's no VAR, there's no, there's no, there's no argument. No, there's because. No. 
Because the, the next... pitch, flagged offside. He was flagged offside. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. We should mm. say that the mm. linesman. I mean, he has either got the best eyesight in the world, or he got incredibly lucky with that decision. And mm. for, I, I, and to be honest, I'd be having a word with him and saying there is no way you could have been certain that that was offside. You should not have put your flag up. You should have let that go to VAR because... That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what you're supposed mm. to do. There's no mm. way... In, I mean, you just have to look at the pictures. There's no way in hell he could have been 100% certain that that was offside. Mm. It, it, it was yeah. literally an armpit hair. Mm. It I mean, was a hair's breadth. I mean, when you think about it, we're coming back around to the same argument again and again of what VAR should be used for. And I think we're all agreed that it should be used for things that are clear and obvious. What we're getting to the point of now is the way it's been used is to pick up on little hairy, little hair's breadth things, little things that are not clear, not obvious. I mean, we've all, I mean, I don't know, I've watched a bit of cricket in my time. We've all watched other sports that use video replay. And if there's ever any doubt, it automatically goes back to the on-field decision. But VAR is being used for the very thing. You've said it, James. I know you've said it. That we that VAR would not be used to re-referee matches. Mm. We, you know, we, you've said that. We've discussed it on this podcast many times. And yet, that's exactly what the Premier League are now deciding to do. It's a case of if the if it's not clear and obvious, go with the on-field decision. If it's clear and obvious, fine. VAR stands up, says that's not right. This is the correct decision. But at the moment, it's been used for anything and everything. And I'm, um, it, it, yeah, it, it, and, anything, everything and nothing, <laughs> basically. And, uh, to be honest, the way they're going, I mean, there was something I saw before that saying in the past, before VAR, yes, we got angry with referees. Yes, we got angry with assistants. But it was part of the game. It was there in front of you. VAR is hundreds of miles away. In fact, it should, in fact, it's not that far away from, you know, it's, it's, it's in West London, Stockley Park. Yeah, it's just by Heathrow. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's no distance away from me, you know, here in West London. And it's a case of it's getting to the point of where you just know, no matter whenever there's a goal, they will be looking at it. No matter if it looks so obvious to everybody that there's nothing wrong with it, everybody's on side, there's no foul challenges, hands are not involved, the ball's gone over the line. And if VAR will still be looking at it, they'll look, be looking for a reason to say, that's not a goal. And if the game's got to that, then what has the game become? It's I think I think what they need to do, instead of these... these, these It's just the VAR podcast now, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. No, it's it, getting the, it won't be. I've got some other stories, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, uh, my, my, my last thought on this, right, is... They've got to change the offside rule so that any part of you can be offside. I know there's this whole thing that you, you, your arm isn't a legal part of your body to score with, but it is a part of your body that's legal to use in the game in terms of propulsion, leverage, uh, protection, that sort of So if you're running for a through ball, you're not running with your arms by your side. You're running mm, True. Uh, they should be, in that respect, they should be part of your... And then that cuts it all out, doesn't it? You don't have any of these stupid lines drawn on a pitch. Your arm's in front of the defender. You're offside. You can't have these stupid little decisions. And mm. most of the time when they draw these lines on the pitch, the camera isn't straight on anyway. So you haven't got, 
you can't possibly draw that accurately. It just, for my money, you just can't do it because you're drawing diagonally across a pitch. You can't see it straight on. They should mm. have, um, I don't know, they should have several cameras all lined up down from, oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's, mm. there's got to be something better to do to do it with. Um, I just, I can't, I can't get my, I can't reconcile with the way they're doing the offsides at the minute. It's, it's taking away yeah. the enjoyment. The players must hate playing. I mean, it's killing the Premier League for me. Absolutely killing it. It's used pretty well now in Spain and Germany and Italy. And well, funny you should say that. <laughs> yeah. in, that. In Germany, this it, is, it has just cost Nico Kovac his job. Oh, okay. Mm. It's not the one because... I'm going to. But, no, uh, no, no. I'll let, you, I'll let you move on to that one. I just want to, because Nico Kovac got sacked yesterday. Was that? I, I know. I know they got absolutely battered by you. They got battered five-one, but yeah, before they old, conceded a goal, before they conceded a goal, uh, Jerome Botang got sent off. Uh, okay, Originally, yeah. it was a yellow card and a penalty, and then the right. VAR got involved and said that's outside the box. It immediately becomes a red card and a free kick. Mm. Yeah, it was a clear goal scoring. I haven't seen the highlights. Yes, yet. it was a clear goal scoring opportunity. It well, was. Oh, so, so it's the whole triple jeopardy thing, isn't it? If it's in the penalty yeah. area, it's... Yeah, but, that's yeah, a, but, it, yeah. but that turned the game because for 81 minutes, I am down to 10 men. Again, I don't agree with that triple jeopardy thing because no, if it's a clear goal scoring opportunity, it's a clear goal scoring opportunity. It, you know, unless you're Emil Heskey with an open goal from six yards out, a clear, <laughs> it's a clear goal scoring opportunity. So why should it matter that little white line? It doesn't matter if you give away a penalty and get sent off and you go one nil down because of the penalty. That's get over it. it. If you the, think if you, if you think about it, the team's been punished three ways over. Yeah, but that's the laws of the game. Denial of yes. a goal score. Why? Why? Just, it's just another one of these stupid little fudges of the rules. Yeah. That, you know, it, I, it's because yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, in the box, you know, the opportunity for a penalty, you know. <sighs> Go through a season. How many penalties do you see saved? 10%? Well, if you're Man United, about 80%. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. But then again, you see, you know, 80% of the time, 90% of the time, that's a goal. So in the case of there's a the punishment, you're a goal down. Having a, you know, having a player sent off as well. So you're, 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 you're in favour of, of, of that, then, are you, Robbie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have to admit, I think it is. I mean, the game, I mean, you go down, what, you, 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 you go down to 10 men. You know, and it's a case of that's punishment enough. You've conceded the, you know, yeah, they might not score from the free kick if it's outside the box. They might not score from that. But, but yeah, then but again, you've still been do. punished twice. Yeah, but what if they yeah. do score? Then you have been punished three times. But the thing is, it's more likely that they won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see what I mean? Penalties yeah. are more certain. It's a case of, I think, I think the rules are okay yeah, I don't, as it is. I don't deny that, but unless unless you then say it's an indirect free kick or I, you, do you know it's still mm. giving the opposition an uncontested direct shot at goal yeah all right they might have a crowd of players and a wall and a you know but mm. it for, for some players they would prefer a free kick than a penalty i mean leo messi's better with free kicks than he is with penalties i'd, I'd rather him have a free kick 25 yards out than a penalty to be honest <laughs> because he's rubbish with penalties most of the time um, <laughs> and he's the one of the best players in the world. <laughs> I can understand. Yeah, I can understand why they do it because it does. If you do get a man sent off and you give a penalty away and they score, it 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 almost does kill the game. Especially, I think 
Mm. Was it about? It was in the first ten minutes, wasn't it? That red card for yeah, for nine, nine yeah. minutes in. Yes, mm. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't care. It's Bayern Munich. They got hammered. So, um, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, I can understand from the from the paying fans' point of view, it could it could end it as a contest, um, especially if it was mm. the other way around and Bayern were a goal up with a man up. You know, they would go on and win that seven eight nine. So mm. I mm. get I get it, but I just. It's those little fudges of the rules that that one little white line mm. makes that much difference that it's you know that you you don't apply the rules in the same way. I just mm. I just to me it it doesn't sit right. But you know it's just one of many things really, <laughs> I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, should we um, should we move on to this one in the in, in this fighter Bundesliga then? This. Um, <laughs> oh yes. This, uh, <laughs> oh, see, that's the thing. I didn't even realise we've not even spoken about that one. No, because we didn't record on Thursday, did we? We're recording this on Monday night because of yeah. work and things. So, um, so yeah, this this was Holstein Kiel. I can't remember the player's name now. Um, but there was a striker for Bochum went through and dragged his shot hopelessly, hopelessly wide. He will probably say it was part of the plan now. Um, <laughs> but the ball <laughs> going out of play, and the um, the it was Holstein, Michael Eberwein. Uh, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Um, so as the ball's going out of play, uh, Michael Eberwein, rather than letting the ball go and wasting time, he just knocks it back into the field of play so the goalkeeper can take the goal kick. Unfortunately, the ball hadn't gone out of play, and VAR checked it and said that's a penalty and a yellow card because it's one of the little-known mm. rules that probably only the VAR knew of. I'm guessing the referee probably, the <laughs> pitch referee probably didn't even recognise that rule, but... Yeah, it's, it is a rule that if, you know, a substitute isn't allowed to interfere with the field of play. Um, 12 men on. Exactly. So, you know, he effectively mm-hmm. entered the field of play. Yep. Got a card and a, and a penalty. I don't, is, is it a penalty because he entered the field and touched the ball in the penalty area? or? Yes, it's a direct free kick. Right. Okay. Which obviously in the... But you can have direct free kicks in the penalty area so why is it no, you can't you can't have a direct free kick in the penalty area yeah it's a penalty you have to okay okay fair enough so yeah i mean it i think i think holstein keel won the game in the end i think they won two one didn't they so in that respect it doesn't it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but yeah it's um it's one of those things that substitutes won't be warming up behind the goal anymore i can assure you of that well they shouldn't well, be anyway in my opinion but no yeah. But they were behind their own goalkeeper's goal. If it was behind the opposition goal, but then they are then interfere, you know, potentially distracting the opposition strikers, aren't they? So yeah, I agree. In youth football, you're not allowed to stand behind a goal. Um, yeah. yeah, it should be a rule. You should have designated area like the technical area for the referees. You should have a, a uh, an area down by the corner flag or you know down that end of the pitch, but still on the sideline where you can warm up. I mean, you see in rugby, do you? They have all their exercise bikes lined up in on the touchline. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed no. behind the goal at yeah. all. I mean, I, I, I mean, going back to, you know, the football that I watch a lot back in the National League South, it's, it's accepted that the players are always warming up alongside the pit, alongside the pitch, yeah. on the half of the pitch where the assistant isn't. No, even if the space behind the goals, they're not, you know, the referee won't entertain it. In case, you know, the managers are told beforehand where the referees would like them to warm up. So what the players were doing behind the goal or what the referee was doing, I think somebody needs to ask a question or three. 
just to it, see exactly what on earth was going on. Is it an official rule? I don't is know it a law not, or I don't know if it's a law or an official rule, but it's basically for convenience of the match officials. If you think about it, if they're warming up on the side of the pitch where the assistant isn't, they're therefore not interfering with anything. But behind the goal, there's the still it's a grey area. A lot of the time the match the match referees before the game will say, just make sure you don't warm you warm up here. Or the groundsman might say, I'd like you to warm up there. At that level of football, it might be different. I don't know. But to be honest, I don't understand, you know, if there's space to do it alongside the pitch, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it there? Why are you, why are you walking 50 yards to go and warm up? I, I, I think they do, they get doing it to get as far away from the manager as they can, I think, aren't they? <laughs> if it's that bad, then well, I compose that and understand it. Because they don't, don't want to come on. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. A natural law or or something, but if it is, then the referee should have uh, should have enforced mm. it, shouldn't he? But yeah, yeah com- comical, um, <laughs> really. In in the professional game, the mm. second tier of German football, that's that's quite a comical thing to fall foul of. I I think it is. Uh, it's. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's a, it, it was a funny thing. Uh, yeah. It was it was amusing, but to where VAR is positive, really. If you, if yeah. You the ironic thing that was his first touch because uh, he only signed <laughs> some, some aid, never played for them, never been thing. Probably going to keep him off the pitch for a little yeah. bit longer. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, let's move on to something a lot nicer than injuries and VAR and all all that crap. Plymouth Argyle, Rob. Yeah, this, this was a great story. It's an amazing story. It's the kind of story that you don't often see or even hear. Um, it's it all came about because of um, the match at home park. I think was postponed because of the weather. I think. I think that's what it was. There's been some structural it. damage to one of the. Yeah, staff. that was it. So the match. So so the match that they had against Gimsby Town had to be postponed. Now, there's, as a consequence, we're expecting about 9,000, which is a good crowd. That's a good crowd at home back, I think, 9,000, especially for that level of football in League Two. Um, of course, the catering facilities would have had a lot of food laid in. And if the game's postponed, you can't really keep it. You can't just stash food for that number of people in the back of the freezer for another day. You can't do it. So they probably don't have the freezer space. So what they did, did Plymouth Argyle, they went into town and went to a homeless hostel run by the Salvation Army and gave it to, gave all the food to them. So, so this hostel, Devonport House in Plymouth, got a great big um, consignment of food that Plymouth Argyle couldn't use and couldn't, couldn't keep and just given away. Now, what a great gesture that is. If you think about it, that, that, that would have cost Plymouth Argyle money. But they went out and gave it to a homeless hostel in the centre of Plymouth. Now, doesn't that restore a little bit of faith in, in people and also a little bit of faith in football too? It, yeah, it's, it's a nice story. I mean, like you say, it would have cost them a few grand. Um, yeah. the, but 
the, the, the cynic in me just thinks they smell a PR opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you just said yourself, they can't yeah. keep it. No, so they can't. Either just give keep... it away or throw it away, and they don't want to be seen to be throwing away nine thousand people's worth of food, do they? When there's, no, no. you know, when there are desperate people starving. So you know, yeah, obviously, mm. it's a fabulous thing they've done giving it to. Was it? I think it was two charities, wasn't there? It was a homeless shelter and a and a and the Salvation and Army. Yeah, two separate. Two you know, separate. Yeah, and, so, yeah. Oh, look, I'm I'm just being a little bit facetious there. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it is a great gesture, but as you said, they obviously couldn't keep it. Mm. Um, and if it had been found out that they had thrown it away, it'd be the oh. so I it just yeah. they just they didn't need to put it on social fine, give it away. Just you know, and if then if the charities want to put it on social media that you've done it. But to actually advertise that you've done it, I d I don't know, it's just the cynic in me just thinks PR. Do you know what I mean? But because if the game hadn't been called off, they wouldn't have given it away, they'd have made money on it. So <laughs> you know, yeah, look, it is a grand gesture. Um yeah. I just, yeah, I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just in a cynical mood today. <laughs> Surely not, James. Surely not. I mean, look, our our ex our ex chairman at Huddersfield, uh, Dean Hoyle, went into a into a pub this week um, and put five hundred quid behind the bar so everyone in the pub could get a drink. And I, I like that sort of thing. And it wasn't him that publicised that. It was some of the people who were in the pub taking selfies and putting nails on social media. And yeah, again, he might have done that for a bit of PR and to remind people that he's, he's still about. But I like I like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, fair fair play to to Argyle. Um, probably could have cooked it up and given it to those Grimsby fans that have travelled eight hundred miles, however far it is round trip mm. as well. <laughs> I mm. bet they were starving. It was it was a long way long way to go from here. Let's put it that way. We're all um, Grimsby fans. They've got to do it all again on a midweek. No, <laughs> I know that's the yeah. worst thing about it. Just a quick question: Did either of you read the PDF? about the 150 rule breaches by uh, <laughs> Chelsea. I have downloaded it. <laughs> and I and looked at the front cover. I just don't. I've got too much to do as it is. <laughs> it's 150 rule breaches, which have been the best thing for the Chelsea, Chelsea youth setup there for, for a long time. Yeah. If you yeah. think of the players which are coming through now, because they couldn't just go out and buy some new ones. Yeah, and we we said it, I think before, because obviously they're famous for having player, players, players, players out on loan everywhere, aren't they? And it, we we said at the time, I think when it when it came through this verdict, that it might actually end up being a good thing because they've got some really quality young players and really quality young English players at that, and they should, you know, they should now be able to bring some of them through and and see what they can do. And my God, are they reaping the benefits of it? Um, you know, I mean. These players that have been out on loan, mm-hmm. Mason Mount, um, Fikeo Tamori, Tammy Abraham, obviously, have, you know, they've just come into Chelsea now, and they, I mean, they, they, they're going to save the club a hell of a lot of money going forward. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have to buy a new striker in the next summer. They're not going to have to buy a world-class midfielder, and they're not going to have to buy a really quality defender because they're already there. Um, there are other players. There's Reese James, who apparently is a wonderful right back that will probably be the first choice by the end of the season. Then, of course, you've got the two lads that have broken into the England team um, but have suffered with injury in Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi. Thankfully, Hudson-Odoi is back and playing well already. Um, he's only be back a couple of weeks and he's already he's already back to his best, um, which is great news for England as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loftus-Cheek mm-hmm. isn't back yet, but he looks like a real prospect as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it just 
all the stars aligned, didn't it? Because, you know, Frank Lampard becomes manager and it just, I don't know, it just all the cards have fallen into place for them. And it, you know, and I don't hate Chelsea as much as I normally do, which, you know, is a strange feeling. Um, But I really enjoy watching them. I love Tammy Abraham. Um, His finish at the weekend was that of a eight, nine year senior pro not someone who's in his first eight, nine games for the club. It was, I mean, it was the pass of the season from Jorginho just to whip that round first time like he did. Um, And it wasn't a fluke because if you look at it, it does look up before the ball gets to him and looks to see where he's going to put it. And, oh, my God, what a pass and what a finish from from Mm. Abraham. Oh, God, Um, yeah. I mean, we've spoken about Tammy on this podcast before. I've said that, for me, he should be in the England team ahead of Harry Kane, but Harry Kane's captain <laughs> and gets picked because he's captain and on reputation. Um, but for me, I think Tammy Abraham, wow, what a, what a player. I'm delighted he chose mm. to play for England, of course, because we had that debate, didn't we? We did. Um, with him and Tamori um, about their dual nationality and their potential of playing for Nigeria and Canada. Um, so delighted that they've both declared for England because... You know, they are real prospects for us going forward for the national team. Um, mm. And when you, yeah, when you bring in these other ones that I've, I've mentioned, Mason Mount, what a player. What yeah. a player. Looks every inch a Premier League player, every inch an England player. Unreal talent. And these are players that probably would never have got the chance. So, no. and as I say, you know, you buy a Tammy Abraham level, you know, or a, a striker playing at the level that Tammy Abraham is playing at now, you're talking... 100 million easily lots oh yeah easy if you you know you buy a a player that looks as good as mason mount looks at the moment you're looking 80 90 million again so they have saved Mm -hmm. tens and tens if not hundreds of millions of pounds and you know mr abramovich must be absolutely delighted ironic after all these sorry rob of all these years of buying these amazing um, foreign players and they have had some amazing foreign players True. over the years wouldn't it be incredible now if they suddenly got a load of success with homegrown <laughs> talent yeah I mean it's uh, it's it's ridiculous really how it can be that out of something that's a little bit I don't know not disgraceful well you, you can call it disgraceful because you know Chelsea are still arguing the point but in many respects they've got, really got a hope but out of something that's bad, it's coming a mass amount of positive. You know, all these young players that are coming through that have just been sent out on loan here, there and everywhere, you know, championship, other Premier League clubs, even one or two overseas, I think there were. And it was, and now they've been given that chance and basically they're showing that, that it's back to the old, back to the age old saying again, if they're good enough, they're old enough. Bye. Goodness, these guys, these lads are good, and yet they before this transfer ban was put in place, they would never get a sniff of playing in Chelsea's first team. And look at how look at how they're grabbing it. You're right, James. Every one of those players that's come in, that's been out on loan, that's you know, as in the case of gone off and played for other clubs, done everything elsewhere. Now they're getting a the chance to play at the top level for the club that they signed for. And look at what look at the reputation they're building for themselves already. They can, and I think, still get better. This is the crazy thing. They can gain, get better than what they are. They can still develop. What are they going to be like? And you know, by the end of this punishment for Chelsea comes to an end. 
they're yeah, going but, to be some. They're going to be some of the best players possibly in the country. They're going to be irreplaceable, aren't they? They just, yeah. you know, you could. I don't think they wouldn't get it past the Chelsea fans if they was, if they were to say, you know, we're we're signing, insert big name striker here. Mm. You know, be like, hell no, you're playing Tammy Abraham. He's one of our own. You know, you exactly. You know, he's he's far better than anything they could bring in. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because how old is he now? He's 21, 22, something it's like that. It's going to be about that. It's going to be about that, yeah. And, I mean, oh. the goals he's scoring are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They really, I mean, he's scoring all kinds of goals. He's making them for himself. He's scoring first-timers. He's score. you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not just a one-trick pony. He's not just a fox mm-hmm. in the box. He is, he's quick, he's strong, he's mobile. Um he links the player super, you know, so it can be a target mm-hmm. man when it's when mm-hmm. they need to clear the lines. Um, mm-hmm. It can be that little link player where he can just do a couple of little one-twos with midfield while the wingers get up forward. You know, he can go out wide himself. We saw it on Saturday mm-hmm. for the winner. He went out wide and crossed it back in for Christian Pulisic to tap in. You know, he's, he is, his game intelligence is unreal. For, and... Obviously, it's because he's be, he has been out on loan in the championship. He had the um, the tough spell at Swansea, wasn't it? When he when they were in the Premier League, and he he wasn't really good there, and there were serious doubts over him at Premier League level. But then he went he went back down with Villa into the championship and absolutely killed it last season. And um, you know, and he's he's grabbing this opportunity with both hands, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic and hopefully other clubs are gonna are gonna go down the same sort of route and i mean it is ironic obviously that the reason they're being punished is because they were signing kids <laughs> and it's mm. kids that are doing the job for them but yep you know yep yep it's, 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 a, it's a delicious irony if you're a chelsea fan isn't it it, it, it is but the thing is the chelsea fans are also now realizing the fact that you know they have quality in their own you know in their own backyard they have quality already at the club without having to go out and spend money and buy it english talent at that yeah and so it's a case of you know the chelsea supporters you know hopefully will realize that yes your academy has been you know has churned out some of the best players for other clubs for a number of years and now it's finally doing it for themselves and with a bit of luck they'll take that on board and realize the fact that hell you don't need to go spending you know 50 60 70 80 100 million on players First, check out what you've got yourself and give them a go. Then if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work in pre-season or, you know, they don't look as if they're up to the part, then you've still got a little bit of time to, you know, not much, you've got a little bit of time, you know, to get the players in. It's far better to concentrate on the players that you, you know, develop yourself. I mean, look how many years Manchester United did that. I was, you know, it was funny. I was thinking about it. I, I reckon in 15, 20 years time, we'll be looking back on the class of 2019. Chelsea, like we do for the class of night. Yeah, could I, gen- well, I genuinely think these lot could be that good. I mm. really do. I think if they all stay injury, largely injury free, and they they continue playing together like this, because it's it's the spine of the team, isn't it? It's your centre back, it's your centre midfield, yep. it's your striker, couple of wingers. Um, you know, oh, they they could they could be whatever they want to be. And mm. isn't it weird that the the, the two most exciting teams in the league are not the top two. They're actually it's actually Chelsea and Leicester. They're the two most fun teams to watch. The, oh. there's, there's something. I mean, we see it at the weekend. There's something just boringly relentless about these two teams at the top that are the best two teams in the world mm. right now. Um, I mean, if they stay apart from each other in the Champions League, they will meet in the final because there's not a team on the 
in the competition that can live with them. But you just know they're going to win. I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. And it, it, they are just boringly relentless. Mm. I mean, it must be brilliant if you're a fan. And they are, they are brilliant teams to watch. But with Leicester and with um, Chelsea, you don't know if they're going to win 4-2 or lose 4-2. Mm. You know, and that's the beauty of watching them. And some, you know, Leicester have got their own brilliant young players in James Madison and mm. Ben Chilwell, who used to play for Huddersfield. And um, they've got some cracking young players at Leicester as well. And they are such an exciting team to watch. And why is Jamie Vardy getting better with age? <laughs> guy is ridiculous. And it's, he's getting mm. better. Ever since the thing with Colleen Rooney and his wife, all the away, all the opposition fans have taunted him. And they just don't learn because he scored every time, every game. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, his finish on, on the weekend mm. was mm. out of this world with his left foot. Just, it was just coming behind him. He had to generate the power a little bit. He had to yeah. drag it across the keeper. He could, he, on your weaker foot like that, you could lash at it and put it way over the bar. It was a finish of someone who is just uber confident. And, you know, why isn't he available for England? Um, what an option he would be off the bench in the Euros. Um, but, mm. yeah, I mean, those two are fun to watch because you don't actually know what's going to happen. Um, no. no, you don't. You know, I mean, you, those that we were kind of dreaming that something would happen with Man City and Liverpool at the weekend, both losing late on. Then Man City scored the winner on, was it 86 minutes, I think? And at that point, Liverpool was still losing after 86 mm. minutes and they end up winning the game. And it's, it's just like... Oh, I mean, I, I want them to win the league. I, as a neutral watching, I want them to win the league because they haven't won it for 30 years. I'd like mm-hmm. them to win it. I love Jurgen Klopp. I'd love them to win it. Um, but you just you just always know they're going to win. And Sunday should be really, really interesting when they come come face-to-face at half four at Anfield because that's either going to be the worst nil-nil you've ever seen or it's going to be 5-4 because you just... Don't know what's going to happen in that one. It should be good, but they can't both win, can they? <laughs> no, and really, you don't. It's not a game which either team would take a join, to be honest. I so, think, yeah, that's an interesting point, that because neither, neither club will want a point because Liverpool have uh, let a couple of points slip, didn't they, at Old Trafford? And, mm. Because they were, are they six clear now? And they were eight clear, I think. I think that's what it was, wasn't it? And so, yeah, uh, if if they draw the game and, and and it stays at six, knowing they've got to go to Man City, that gives Man City a massive lift. Um, knowing that if Liverpool do happen to lose a game, they can they they're right back in there. Um, but if Liverpool win it, it's done for me. I know it's I know it's only bonfire night, but Liverpool win on Sunday, nine points. Oh. Oh, they've only lost one game in the last season and a bit. Yeah. Can you see him losing three, four games between now and the end of the season? Not wow. sure. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're, you're a Liverpool sympathiser, aren't you, Kristen? <laughs> He's very quiet a, about it, though, isn't bit, he? You're a bit of a closet scouser, aren't you, I think? Yes, I, 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 I need to keep quiet about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's far better somebody else talking about it, and, and like you say, because obviously I want to see Liverpool win. And mm. one could actually say... Uh, overall just trying to move on a little bit is that um i'm now 42 is that all and, yeah that's all <laughs> and yeah i'm in 42 <laughs> just, that's, that's a thing, lost, 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 lost for train of thought um 
And I've been a Liverpool fan since I was six. So, yeah, it's it's something that's close to my heart. And one would say that um, I would bleed for the club. And that becomes a question for you two guys. Paul oh, Huddersfield, would you bleed for your club? I don't know where this one's going. I know where this one's going. <laughs> I do know where this one's going. Um, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, in, it depends on the context. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, James, I know where Christian is going with this one. Not, in, not because I gave him the story, but I read the story. Yes, in Germany, you get paid for giving blood. Union Berlin fans have been and given blood to help the club. Oh, okay. They've donated the money they've got just to keep the club alive. And this is a top-flight Bundesliga club. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's, it's the first. I just thought it was an season. amazing. It was an amazing thing that they've. Uh, they're in East Berlin, and I'm not sure what happened at the uh, the weekend. They, um, they they won one nil in the Berlin derby. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, apparently it's it was an awful time. game, but they the most derbies they're either yeah. great games or awful games. It's yeah. one extreme to the other, but as I say. The fans can donate blood, and they donated. So every time you donate blood, pint of blood, you get some money, and they then donated that money to the club to keep the club alive, which awesome. was an amazing thing. Literally, they bled for their club. Yeah, that is that is dedication. No, that's 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 quality. That is a proper fans. Yeah, coming coming together to to um. Well, they literally are the lifeblood of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's, he's brilliant. Kudos to him. Do you know how many there were? How many fans did it? Uh, I'm just I've just put the story in the thing. Two and a half. Uh, let's see. Uh, it doesn't say how many you've actually done. Doesn't, doesn't say the numbers. Skimming through the the um, thing. So the club risked losing their license in 2008 when the terraces were crumbling. So two and a half thousand fans rebuilt the stadium. Putting in 140,000 hours. Mm. It's a proper fan club, base club. This this is what we love about football, and this is in top flight German football. <laughs> but, uh, Union Berlin then kind of strike me as the modern day St. Pauli, the um, kind of the, the rebel club in the in the city. The the um, you know like St. Pauli and Hamburg were always anti-establishment, and and that. I don't think they're quite as quite as militant as they once were but it sounds like union berlin are very much cut from the same cloth and um yeah mm. I, lo- I love that sort of attitude among the fans you know it, it's it's it, it 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 fosters the um the loyalty and the commitment i think um especially when especially when you starve the success i think i think you bond more when you're going through hard times to be honest um mm. uh, yeah it's a, it's a great story and in that respect giving blood yeah i probably would when you you know but in the rather creepy way of you just saying would you bleed for your club was a you know a, maybe not but when you put it into context that it was actually mm. Oliver Ford and you know then mm. yeah maybe <laughs> mm. yeah, I have to really I have find to out if I would bleed blue and white yeah I have to admit I did read the story and I mean it's when you think about it them being the you know the first club from the former East Germany to actually get into the Bundesliga yeah, I would think yes, they probably would have a bit of an attitude and you know a bit of a point to prove, and so you know it's a it's another great story, 
you know, the, the basically the lens that the supporters would go to to make sure that their club survived. You know, you, you, that's the kind of support that every club would love to have. Yeah. Uh, I'm just just going back to um, stick, while we're in Germany. It just made me think to have a look at the uh, the odds for the next Bayern manager, and there's a couple of stories linking uh, a certain Jose Mourinho with the job, which oh. can't weigh well, favourite for a, in a lot of places actually. Now, if he was offered a job in France, I think it was Leon, wasn't it? The the president sent him a text message offering him the job and he replied saying no thanks i've already got one and then i mean that was a few weeks ago but nico kovac has been he's been in charge well he had been in charge for since the beginning of last season and from about week two he's been under pressure <laughs> so um he's been a dead man walking for a long time and i just i just wonder i just wonder if he will rock up there That'd be, I, I always said he wouldn't. I've always maintained that no German club would touch him, but never know. Mm-hmm. You never don't. Know. No, I, don't I, I just don't think the Bayern fans would get on with this style of football. I can't, <laughs> I, just, I can't see it happening, but you never know. Just have to Did, wait and see, won't we? Mm. Just a li- another little question while we're in Germany, because I don't want to make this a German-centric podcast. It's probably the, the last thing we'll have a little chat about today. Um, how many you, you you watch Bundesliga, don't you, James? Yeah. Um, what are they feeding the What are they feeding them in Leipzig? <laughs> they can't stop scoring. I know. <laughs> they scored they? more than Man City. They, they are just <laughs> loving life. They won 8-0. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, they beat they beat Mainz, didn't they? Eight nil. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, um, I'm just bringing up there, and they they had um, just looking. They, Timo Werner got a hat trick. And then five of the players all got one each. It was five nil at half time, seven nil after fifty minutes, and then mm. they got the other one just towards the end. That's crazy, um, crazy what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, um, I mean they won six one last week at Wolfsburg. Um, so yeah, they they suddenly decided that they know where, they know where the the net is and they're up to third in the league now they've got the biggest goal difference mm. and they're level with Bayern Munich in terms of goals scored um but the, again we said it a couple of weeks ago that the top of that Bundesliga I mean Borussia Mönchengladbach who um, won at Leverkusen at the weekend boo um have got a bit of a lead they're three points clear now but below them there are two points separating second place Dortmund and ninth place Hoffenheim and Leverkusen are only two points further back. So it's it's an incredible title race or ch- European race, Champions League, Europe, Europe. Get my teeth in Champions League and Europa League race. It's fantastic. And after ten games in, for that to be the case in a in a league like Germany, where Bayern Munich can usually about ten points clear by now, it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It really is. Um, the the problem that there's always been in Germany is that Bayern obviously. Are, consistent they beat everyone and the teams below them take points off each other but if we've got eight or nine teams including Bayern that are taking points off each other it's going to be the best season ever well if... La, La Liga's doing pretty much similar if you think yeah that's another league that no one seems to want to win um, mm-hmm. obviously uh, Barcelona lost um, at the weekend at Levante awful performance with letting three goals in seven minutes then Real Madrid had a chance to go above them by playing the woeful Real Betis at home. <laughs> Played and woeful themselves. Through nil-nil. Yeah, the 
the uh, the woeful Real derby. Um, and then Granada, who are the surprise package, who were top after match week 10, you know, and they were a newly promoted club. And after 10 weeks of this season, they have 20 points, which was the, which was the same as they got two or three seasons ago in the whole season, the last time they were in La Liga. Um, they missed a chance to go top because they lost at home to, was, I can't remember who they lost at home to now, but they lost at home. Um, so yeah, it's, and Atletico Madrid have just been dire all season. They just can't, it's, this is their season. This is Atletico Madrid season to win the title and they just don't want to. And it's, yeah, so it's another one. Um, there's only seems to be France at the minute where there's no title race because even in Italy, you've got Inter Milan. Uh, matching Juve every Juve are only top because they won in the San Siro against Inter. So again, another it might only be two clubs at the moment, but it's only two clubs in England, isn't it? And it's a mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, to be fair, our, think... our, our, our title race has a six-point gap. So <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's it's nice to see. It is nice to see that some of these leagues have closed the gap on the big boys. I didn't yeah. realise until I was watching one of the games um, at the weekend in Italy that Juve have won it like eight years straight. Yeah. That's a yeah. pointless league. Yeah, but Inter have made some great signings. They've got Antonio Conte in charge now. It's mm-hmm. They're serious. They are serious contenders this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they will probably choke. <laughs> it's generally what they do. Um, hmm. But, you know... Long may it continue. Um, the the only mm-hmm. uncompetitive one at the minute is France. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it depends like, if you, you say, just scrub, scrub PSG out and then you've got a very very competitive. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there are a lot of good teams in there, but it it damages the the league's reputation outside of its own country because people don't bother watching it. It's you know, I love mm-hmm. the Bundesliga, but a lot of people don't watch it because it's I will buy and win it every year. What's the point? Yeah. Oh, like, watching Scotland sort of well, thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's why people take against La Liga and, you know, because it's always Barca or Real well, it's always Barca. Real Madrid have only won it, I think, twice in twelve years. But um you know, you've like you say, won it eight years in a row. So people don't bother watching mm. because mm. what's the point if you're a neutral fan, what's the point in taking interest in a league that it's got no there's no story to it so this season mm. you've got title race in germany which is like we say it's got 10 clubs in it at the minute maybe even 11 which is over half the league <laughs> and mm. and in italy you've got a genuine two two horse race at the minute and you've still got the potential of of napoli and you know one or two others getting up there and yeah there's only france that isn't competitive at the minute and then mm. you've got the championship mm. which we all sing the praises well, of all the time. When you say France isn't competitive, it's only a seven-point gap. Oh, it's gone down then. It was eight or nine last week. Yeah, it's so the... a seven-point gap. Yeah, oh, well, it's not Man City chasing Liverpool, though, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't, I don't think it is, because it's seven points at Angers, and um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with all due respect, they're not the yeah. team you'd expect. To, they're not uh, anybody, but I think... The whole French football, apart from PSG, is in the doldrums anyway, really. It's surprising me to say that the world champions, uh, World it's, Cup uh, holders, it's... Um, it's because it's they produce the best talent, but it goes ship it off. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because the, the league doesn't have the profile, does it? It doesn't have the money. Um, I mean, out of those, out of the big five, I'm thinking, I think it's ranked fifth. But, it, you know, they just, they can't compete, can they? You can... You could get paid a lot more, even in 
Italy and Spain than you can in France. So, you know, it's a, it's a losing battle. I mean, it's only a matter of time before Kylian Mbappe decides that it's just too easy. 2020 is off to Liverpool, I think that's the meme, isn't it? It's, okay, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Would you get in the team? Who would you, who would you drop? I don't know, that's the whole thing. It's, it's another, would one you, of those would things. you drop Firmino and his fat armpits? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say one thing. Speaking of going abroad, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to wrap this up now and say, where can we find you on the internet, James? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at GamerJamesFM. Um, all my stuff that I end up doing is on there. Football Manager 2020 is, well, the beta for the game has just dropped. So if you if you fancy the new game, then uh, pre-order it and you can get the beta now. Um, you can get it for less than, I think you can get it for about 25 quid if you search online and get a, get a deal code. Um, so yeah, there is content for that on my channel uh, on YouTube. So just head over to Twitter. And um, yeah, I'll let you tell us when we're next recording, Kristen, because um, I'm a bit confused. <laughs> Rob, where can we hear you ranting? Because you stopped doing it. I've been trying. I've been trying to be sensible and you know quite personable recently. You know, I haven't really lost my temper with anyone. But yes, still out there on Twitter, still disagreeing with everybody on at Global, still blocking people I don't agree with. And um, you know, while we've been recording the you podcast, you haven't blocked me yet, have you? No, <laughs> never in a million years, James, because you don't disagree with me often enough. Um, but all the time we've been discussing the podcast, I've written seven emails, so there you go. I can multitask. Ah, <laughs> amazing. None of them make any sense, and they've all gone to the wrong people. But it's <laughs> now, now, James. <laughs> now I'm getting blocked. <laughs> no, I just might have to send you more things about Hull City. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, did I send you the highlights from the, uh, the game at Huddersfield? No? Do that. Uh, I could always send you the ones from Saturday. Oh, I don't care about that. You beat Fulham. That's fine. I'm happy with that. <laughs> they're, they're a promotion rival for us. Yeah, but then again, so is Hull City. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have lots, lots to talk about um, in a couple of weeks. Um, you could always go to the show's webpage. Uh, we've... Um, can go to the webpage let's go to the facebook page first where you can go to um we go again podcast and you can go to get uh, go to the the normal page and we go again podcast.com where you can listen to all the back back catalogs but whatever you've been doing i thank you for listening <laughs>